0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Everything is Brand. This week, we're asking the question, what's more important, data or loyalty? So there's been a lot in the news lately about loyalty programs, particularly Tim Hortons, who was holding on to data that people had provided in their app, even when people weren't using the app. And it kind of made us think of the question, I mean, a lot of brands are trying to collect data and they do that through very strong loyalty programs. But ultimately, what's more important, the brand loyalty or the data that they're getting from their customers? What does everybody think?
1: I think one shapes the other. So without the loyalty program, you don't get the data. So That's often why companies do build loyalty programs so that they can garner more information about their users, their customers, which then in turn builds the loyalty in there.
0: So is the term loyalty maybe a misnomer because it's not about brand loyalty, but really it's a data gathering exercise?
1: I think the data gathering piece of it informs the company of relevant data that they need whether it is for product development or a sentiment or anything else the data piece of it definitely helps the business grow and and develop from that point forward and you know at the end of the day by having regular contact with your customers it does build the loyalty piece of it
0: yeah and i think that that's where it all started for sure i guess my question is is this happening more and more and is that driving people to think, uh, I'm not sure that it's worth the loyalty that I'm getting or the rewards that I'm getting to provide this data because our companies really using it in a way to serve me better or are they just trying to sell it on the side for extra income?
1: Well, I th- I think what we're seeing more and more of, I think some companies have reached that plateau of, okay, we've mined our existing customers, we know them, etc. How do you go further with it? So we're seeing a lot more partnerships with, between companies and their loyalty programs. You know, for example, TD and Starbucks, I don't know if, if any of you bank with TD would have got something for Starbucks customers to kind of link those two, therefore having some sort of an exchange between their loyalty programs. Aeroplan's another one, I'm pretty sure that... I can't remember that's that's probably a downside because I can't remember all of the partnerships that Aeroplan has <laughs> with it that I don't really can't remember the benefits anymore. but more and more we're starting to see those partnerships. Now with lookalike, customers, right? So, you know, a TD customer somewhere, somehow was deemed to also be a Starbucks customer. And we're going to keep on seeing more of that, right? There's only so much that you can tap into your base, but how do you grow your customers, right? It's finding those lookalike audiences that, you know, with other related brands, similar values, etc., that have similar customers to you in order to grow that.
2: I'm not sure that TD and Starbucks are lookalike customers. I'm wondering more if TD saw Starbucks as sort of a second tier audience. Like there's a lot of Starbucks purchasers out there, right? And so they went to Starbucks because they're sort of the next level down. You're a bank member and then you're a coffee drinker. And they see that as a big audience that they could tap into. I don't know that it's every TD banker is a Starbucks drinker. I think it's more that Starbucks has an audience.
1: Okay, but we go back to the data. Do you not think that TD has data as to how many of their customers went shopping at Starbucks?
2: But why do they want customers that they already have?
1: I think it's to drive further value. So reinforcing value on both of those brands, both on the Starbucks side, as well as the TD side.
3: Well, it's it's also about aligning what types of customers you have, right? TD may be interested in a specific type of customer that has a certain level of income, disposable income. You know how they actually approach all of that, right? So, in their review or analysis, it may actually show that uh, somebody who buys Starbucks twice a week is of a certain type of customer. And maybe that's good for their business, right? So they're simply trying to identify that. You know, the bottom line is like all programs are collecting data, like all, like every single one of them, it's about collecting data. Even something as simple as, you know, sign up for a newsletter is all about collecting data. We'll send you, you know, a little bit of information, you know, that may be helpful to you, but first you have to give us your email and that's really collecting data.
2: But this isn't a new thing.
0: Yeah. And are, and are people more savvy about that now? I mean, I think the, the hard part is when you find out later that Tim Hortons is is tracking you even when you're not using the app. I think that that's the, the bigger issue here. I
3: think that people are more savvy, but I think that we're also in a social media period where a lot of people really don't care as much about what information they share. They just kind of assume that some of that information is is already out there. They're not all that concerned about it. I think that people become concerned when something like like that comes forward in the sense that it's like, okay, they're actually not just using my data in ways that I would be completely fine with and aware of. They're actually tracking me when I'm not even looking to buy coffee. So now they're basically spying on me. And that's exactly
1: what the Tim Hortons app was doing. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's it's people are okay with companies using their data when they're getting something out of it. But the minute they stop using the app, they don't want people using their data, right? So it's like everybody's fighting to only share things when it's an advantage for them, right?
1: Or they want it to their benefit. Like, they don't want it to be misused, right? Yeah, There's an I'm ethical saying. component to it, right?
0: I guess, and what came out in in that whole situation was that it was people felt that it was unethical what was happening, and I think right because
2: they were being tracked.
0: Yeah, and when when people raise their hands, and then the you know the brand kind of goes, "Oh, we're sorry, we won't do it again." That's fine, which is what they did, and then that's fine. That's one way to deal with it, as long as they don't do it again. But I find for myself, like from a loyalty perspective, I mean, I know about the data tracking. I know about the reason that the loyalty programs are in place but what i find is that the restrictions tied to a lot of these loyalty programs are so awful that like i don't even want to deal with it like i, I don't even want the loyalty anymore because i feel like the restrictions when i go to actually use the loyalty rewards that i'm getting are just too difficult to work with like there's all these rules and restrictions and you can't do this and you can't use that. And like, for example, AeroPlan, I was part of AeroPlan for years, but anytime I actually wanted to use AeroPlan, it was a nightmare. It's like getting an actual free seat on a plane was you had to jump through every hoop from here till Sunday. So it was like, you know what? I just don't even want these points. Like, I'm just going to use them for something else. I think
2: I donated them to charity or something. There's a new service in there, like becoming an aeroplan expert. You know, you hire somebody like a travel agent (laughs) that can, here's, I have this many points. Can you figure this out for me? I think there's there's actually a business there maybe.
1: And that brings up the question because I feel the same way about air miles. I collected air miles for so, 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 so many years. We're talking like in the early 90s collecting air miles. And I think I've only ever redeemed one thing and I didn't go very far and it was very short, and it wasn't meaningful, and it was definitely not worth the collection of all those things for all those years. And I think that that's, you know, with respect to value and the loyalty programs, that needs to be reassessed as well. But I have a question. So would anybody go, we're talking back to the partnership bit, you know, like I was recently at Sobeys, and they asked me for my air miles, and I was like, oh, you've got air miles. Oh, okay. Are people actually tied to the loyalty program do they shop at that store did you shop at shell because they had air miles did you shop at sobeys because they had air miles did you go to the lcbo the lcbo is an anomaly because there's nowhere else you can get your liquor (laughs) but was that driven by the loyalty
4: program no i have an example where i would say yes is using ritual like if i'm trying to pick up takeout or a drink. I would go to a restaurant that is on Ritual because A, you get the points through Ritual and B, you have the convenience of, oh, you get to the restaurant and your order is already ready, paid for, and you just pick it up and walk out.
0: But is that because there's no other competitor to Ritual? Like Ritual kind of owns that space for the pickup stuff. I mean, others are trying to do it now. They're adding pick up. But I mean, that's, that's been their focus since day one. I, I kind of feel that way about open table. Like if I need to make a reservation, I might as well make my reservation with open table because I'll get the points. And I've, I actually redeemed that for a free meal in a restaurant. But do you choose the restaurants based on open table? No, 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 definitely not. Quite frankly, if they're not on open table, I leave open table and I
2: go to the web and I just search for the actual restaurant. Because, I mean, the convenience of OpenTable is much easier. Like, I have to agree, as opposed to going to a website, trying to find the reservation section and all that. And I agree with Sasha about Ritual. Like, I like Ritual, too, because it's it's just easy. Like, I, I do everything in the app. And and I like to be in control, just go pick it up. So I'm not paying the exorbitant fees to have it delivered to my house. But it tells me what restaurants I'm going to eat at. Like, I do use it that way. Like, where it's like, okay, well, if it's not a Ritual, I'm not going to use it. So, But I think also to that point, like... I was going to say too, like right now, because ritual, and I know it's not new, but it's still fairly new, I find the value, like the amount of points you get and how quick you're able to redeem something through it, it makes it worth it. Like I feel like I get a free meal if I use it on a regular basis, like once a month or something, which is decent. You know what I mean? Whereas I think down the road, five years from now, I think it might take a year to get that free meal. But right now, because they're still trying to onboard new people, it's fairly quick. I disagree with
1: that statement. I think I was what? on Ritual for a couple of years and never redeemed anything for free. But, anyways, you guys are you guys are in a special. Maybe I'm the the one off on an island. Yeah, we get meals from Ritual all the time. But is that really a
2: loyalty program? Absolutely, it's a loyalty program. I 100 percent believe it is it. It's for like sure. I'm more loyal to that yeah. than anything else. And and when I say loyalty, it's because it benefits me at the end of the day. Like I, the uh, the value that I get out of it makes it like I want to use it for that. And that's the real key there
0: is value, Jared. Like, like the whole thing, like for me, the only thing that I'm really consistent with is probably the Optimum program because I shop at Shoppers and Loblaws and I have it on my phone. It, it's in my Apple wallet. It's it's right there. It's easy to access. It's convenient. There's value. Like it tells me when I have enough points to actually get something so I feel like the experience, it goes to this those two things, value and experience. If the value is there and you're actually getting something where you don't have to jump through hoops, and there's the experience where it prompts you when it needs to, it's easy to use, it could go into your Apple wallet, all of these things that make it easier – I think those two things, I kind of forget about the data. I mean, I know logically that the data is being captured and gathered, and I know that that's the purpose behind it. But I'm able to separate the data from the, the loyalty when I feel like I'm getting something of value.
1: And I was about to say, like, I think the Optimum is a great example because they take the data and then they serve you. Whether it is a discount on whatever product that you are buying, so data for good, right? right? Data for for value at the end, right? Whatever you're buying, you know, cucumbers all the time. Hey, you know, cucumbers on sale this week. That's relevant information. There, I I don't mind sharing that data. Do I worry that Loblaws has way too much information as to what I buy at the grocery store? then I think I start thinking about, well, what are they going to do with that?
2: Raise the prices of your cucumbers. That's what they're going to exactly.
0: do. Exactly. That's right. I guess. Or or like a few years from now, are they going to say to me, Brad, do you really need that ice cream? Are you sure about that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they could go there with the data. They could go there with the That's data. That's what Uber did, right? Like, you
2: know? If you, talk, you want to talk about something, that, Uber, yeah. it's like they took all the taxi cabs and then jacked up the rates, right? Like.
4: But even beyond that, I think I was having this discussion with Marco, we were chatting about kind of what those companies do with your data, is if let's say I open Uber a few times, and I don't actually order a ride, the algorithm thinks, oh, it's maybe too expensive, we need to drop the price for that customer so that they'll start using it. Versus if there's someone that just picks the most expensive ride, pick me up as quick as you can, every time, their price will be higher like there is a certain degree of personalization that they're using and actually related to the price. Like if I'm leaving a restaurant and I open my Uber and my friend opens their Uber and we're going to the same place, the price isn't the same. And that's something that feels very bizarre to me in terms of they're using your data and your kind of habits to their direct financial But the struggle
2: here is like everybody sees that, but nobody stops using them.
4: I've used taxis a lot yeah, more often Yeah, good, recently. Yeah,
2: like
4: I would say. I'm kind of tired of Uber and Lyft. I don't do Uber Uber
1: Eats at all because of the price discrepancy. The price that you get from when you walk into the restaurant and the price that you get on Uber, it's like a couple it's bucks ludicrous. different.
2: No. A couple. It's like
0: 20 bucks. It's, it's significant. Yeah. And it's getting worse and worse and that's not just on on that app. Like for for example, recently I was looking at booking something on Airbnb. And there was the price per night of the actual thing. And then I got to the reserve button and like all of these additional charges, like service fee, cleaning fee, cleaning service fee, service cleaning fee. Like it was just, what is happening here? What are all these fees?
1: I recently called Rogers and got served up their partnership with Disney. So that was kind of interesting that, and this was cell phone. So cell phone tied to streaming platform. So that's where I think I'd like to see more of that, right? More value being given through partnerships with other companies. But I think about Virgin. Virgin, when they first came out, Virgin's cell phone platform was all about that. It was a membership base, right? You were a member, you got discounts to all these partners that they had. So now, I'm not sure that there was a data transfer or data in the back end back then. I'm sure there is now the data sharing between all of those companies. But yes, there's many aspects to it, of which is engagement, I would think, on those platforms. The ethical use of that data as well. Those are kind of two of those bigger. Because you can be you can be on those platforms. You can have all those loyalty programs. But are you really engaging and doing anything with it?
2: So how many loyalty programs are too many? Because I feel like that's where we're headed.
1: Oh, we're the capital, I think. Canada is literally the capital. We don't sign up for anything unless there's some But I mean, like, how many
2: can I carry? How many can I keep track of? Like, you know, at some point, you've got to sort of max out, no, in terms of how much bandwidth you have for loyalty programs? Or are you willing to have a coupon card for every business that you walk into? But I think the true loyalty programs,
0: there's a lot of, I guess, merging that's happening in that area. Like if you look at even what Loblaws did with the Optimum program, like they're starting to bring, like, I think you can use your Optimum card at ESO now as well, which is not owned by Loblaws. So I think that the, we'll see a lot more merging in that. and And then the big ones will kind of rise to the top. So whether that's Air miles, Aeroplan, Optimum. The other big thing is cashback, like the whole Rakuten, um, which used to be Ebates, I think. But also like even the credit cards where they give you cash back without points. A lot of people are much more directed in that position, but it's still a data play, right? It's still all about gathering data. It's just how much value and how much of an experience are we giving the consumer or the, or the user?
4: Yeah. And I'd say the experience is super important. Like in terms of what kind of loyalty programs and how many are you willing to keep up with, it really depends to me how easy they are to use. Like Gabby, you were saying about Aeroplan, how impossible it is to actually redeem anything. That's one that I looked at for a few minutes and said, absolutely not. I'm not going to bother. Versus let's say my credit card it is pretty much automatic. You can redeem things. Same with Ritual. I go into put in a food order, it automatically comes up, oh, it's paid for this time because of your few orders before, like those kind of things are completely effortless to use. And those ones I'm happy with. But for me personally, anything outside of that, where you have to do a lot of digging and work to actually get anything out of it, I haven't bothered. So I have a question.
1: Do you lose loyalty because your loyalty program is so difficult to comprehend? It sounds like you were turned off by that. Like, too much for me, too bad. There goes Air Canada. (laughs) Yeah,
4: on to the next. I would say so.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that was Air Miles to me, like, from the beginning of time. Like, listening to everybody talk about Air Miles and how difficult or how long it took to redeem it. I've been saying no to Air Miles for years. Every time I go into somewhere, it's like, do you have Air Miles? Nope. And it's like, it's constant. But it's like, I will not get involved in that one just based on what I've heard about the frustrations of of people that, that are involved with it.
0: So outside of the experience and the value, does it bother you, the amount of data that's being collected? Like, are, are any of you any of you on the Tim Hortons app? Like, did that apply to you? I mean, I'm not on the Tim Hortons app, so that didn't apply to me. But, like, does it bother you in how your data is being used, how much data is being gathered, or do you just kind of accept it as
2: I think like, a five reality? Five out of six people on this call 2022? accept it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kind of accepted it, right?
1: I'm glad it came to the surface. Um, I've got the Tim Hortons app too. Probably used it once uh, just to kind of check it out. Was absolutely horrified when I heard the news. I think. But you still have the app. I still have, well, I still have the app. I'm also a big believer that with anything tech mistakes have to happen in order for privacy rules evolution legislation all of that to come into play this had to happen some developer in the back end let the floodgates open on data you know unethically thinking, you know, this is whether it was directed or not directed, we don't know that. I'm sure an investigation will come out and I'd love to to read all about that. But because of this coming to light, there are a lot more apps that are literally checking the back end going, what exactly are we tracking? And there'll likely be legislation as to what you can and cannot track and and all of that. So because technology is so like changing by the minute, by the second, millisecond, whatever you want to say, other stuff has not caught up. Laws have not caught up. We've, we've said this time and time again. So this needs to happen for checks and balances to be put in place for other apps.
2: I was going to say, like, but what were the repercussions for Tim Hortons?
1: I don't know. I'm waiting to hear. I hope there yeah, are is some. It still
2: being discussed. Is that what's happening right now? I'm sure there's got to be an investigation somewhere. Because I
1: feel like it was
2: just like, oh, sorry, guys, I made a mistake.
1: There's going to be some class action lawsuit somewhere.
2: Yeah, I think there is one. What I was about to say is that, and let's be honest, completely honest, all of us here. And I, I was reading a, an article from the Global Mail. It says the privacy commissioner said Tim Hortons did not adequately inform customers about location tracking, a necessary step under the law to obtain meaningful consent. Okay, that's fair. So who ever reads privacy policies? No, I scroll I do. down. Agree. I, I don't. Right. I do. Right. Well, well, five out of six people called, read <laughs> yeah, yeah, never. So even if, if, if Tim Hortons had said, you know what, we're going to track you, we're going to know where you are, even when you're not using the app, who's going to know?
0: <laughs> Gabby. We'll have to go to Gabby.
2: She read it.
1: But here, here's the point. I might have read it, but it's written in such a way that it's so convoluted that i so, can't so understand. you just read it for the like sake of reading it's, it's, it even
2: though you don't understand it
1: no i i read it in the hopes that it's you know plain language enough for me to understand and something in bold saying we are tracking or <laughs> blah 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 you know that i scan and read if i that didn't catch me that i'm screwed you know with the rest of you who just click to the bottom to get your coffee right
0: but the reality is, is that if you want the convenience, if you want to be able to use the app, you kind of have to give up I agree. something for that. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. It's the law of the world, right? Like, And and the truth is, is that no one is going to put a loyalty program in place or an app in place or a more convenient way without getting something in return. And It's almost like a contract that we make with these brands that say, okay, you know what, as long as you don't do something. I mean, what happened here was so far outside of the ordinary, which is why I think we're talking about it. But generally, they own those data. I don't remember that. That thing that was going around on Facebook for a while where, you know, everyone was saying, oh, Facebook actually owns all your baby pictures or all, your, all the pictures of your kids that you've posted. I don't know if that was true or not. I don't know where that netted out. But the idea is, is that we've all come to accept more of this kind of thing.
3: I don't know. Like anybody who actually has Facebook is really not concerned about their privacy and being tracked and their data collected. It's, it's as simple as that because we all know that Facebook is one of the worst companies when it comes to breaking all types, kinds of privacy rules and guidelines and all that stuff, but people still use it. Well, it's a contract,
0: right? It's, it's a, to a lot of people, it's not important enough to lose the convenience or the ability to use those apps
2: by giving up. Yeah, but privacy. if they didn't do that stuff, would the app be as effective? right? Like there's the question in there. It's right? a good question.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, another thing too, What are we using Tim Hortons as an example or any other company that collected information and then basically got caught and they were like, oh, oops. And yes, even if there is like a, a lawsuit against them, the amount of money they have to pay out versus the amount of value, yeah. whether that's monetary value or some other value they got out of that, it's 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 a joke, right? Like sometimes when there's major lawsuits that happen, whether it's in a car a car industry or something else, and they have to pay out like three hundred million dollars, and you think, wow, three hundred million, but they made three billion. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and pharmaceutical industry is definitely, you know, it's built on that. Like, yes, they're going to make mistakes. Yes. They're going to, you know, people are going to die. People are going to get injured and they're, you know, the pharmacy pharmaceutical company is going to get sued, but they made, you know, a hundred times as much money as what they have to pay out. So,
0: yeah, I mean, there's, there's documentaries and shows about these kinds of issues. I think in the end, the key thing here is that We all know that privacy is not what it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. There's been a transfer of what we're willing to accept versus what we're not willing to accept in order to get the convenience, or as the brands call it, to get the loyalty and the rewards that come from the convenience, the value, the points, the cashback, whatever it is. But basically, It's not a question of data versus loyalty, which is the question that we posed. It's how does data and loyalty work together? And I think for any brand, what they need to figure out is how do we try to provide the most value and the most convenience and the best experience while also gathering data that fits within the regulations that governments or or other corporations have put in place? Or ethically. Ethically, yeah, th- that's what I mean. Ethically, and it really comes down to those things. I think anything that goes outside of those parameters in any significant way, like what happened with Tim Hortons, there's going to be a bit of a, a uproar, and as there should be, and, and it will be dealt with. But to your point, Gabby, there may be legislation or rules down the road that you know are put in place to monitor that kind of thing. But I think where we're kind of sitting today. I think brands need to ask themselves, what kind of data do we need and what are we willing to offer for it? And consumers need to ask, how much am I willing to give up to get the convenience and the value that I can get from these programs? So that's this version of Everything is Brand. Join us next time for a new topic. And remember, everything is brand.